Welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and we are back again with another episode of the Heart Guide Media Podcast. And today, uh, Eric Tyler is going to be stopping by. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, October festivities because it merits more conversations, uh, as many as we can fit in, in the 31 glorious days of this beautiful, beautiful, dark, dreary, decrepit, disgusting, filthy lovely, lovely month of October. Uh, There's a slew of things we have to talk about this month. There's a slew, a plethora of movies that we have to talk about. We have to get into. We also got to talk music. Do we, uh, you know, am I the only person that has like a soundtrack for October? I download a lot of scores uh, when I'm, I'm, uh, you know, throughout the day, when I'm getting through the day and when I'm uh, working out, I want to listen to I want to listen to the Prince of Darkness score. That's the glory of uh, having Apple Music because guess what? Sometimes you can't find the Prince of Darkness vinyl for a decent price. You can't find the Prince of Darkness CD for a, dense, uh, a decent price. Uh, so you want to hear that soundtrack when you're on the fucking when you're on the recumbent bike at the gym. Uh, but, you know, also, obviously the show just opened with some typo negative, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, so we're going to get into some talk with Eric on that, too, because I know he's a big typo fan and uh, perfect, uh, perfect fall music, perfect All Hallows music for sure, without a doubt. Uh, so October, baby, we're here. And, uh, you know, if you go back an episode, you can listen to the first episode that we did uh, for the month. Uh, we kind of just uh, discuss uh, October traditions and stuff, and this is going to be kind of in that same vein. We're going to discuss some uh, lists, some must-watch with uh, Mr. Eric Tyler. Uh, but yeah, we're just there's so much to discuss this month and so much to get into, so we're keeping with it and staying right with it. Uh, and we're getting Eric on the on the line right now. What's up, brother? How you been? Not too bad. How about you? Been decent, man. Not bad at all. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it's finally October, as I know you are as well. There's no better time of the year, that's for sure. 
Oh, I was saying it's, uh, you know, people, a lot of people feel this way about like December and Christmas, but I mean, and, and I do to an extent, but October is just, it is a special time of the year. Oh, without a doubt, I feel like uh, it's just by far my favorite. Like you said, I do, uh, you know, I do love the Christmas time of the year as well, but definitely Halloween uh, tops the cake or takes the cake on that. Oh, for but sure. I just love, obviously, Halloween, uh, and then I just love the time of year. So I I know we uh, we share a deep love for uh, some kind of horror themed bands that uh, obviously bands like the Misfits and Typo Negative. Right now, uh, is there anything? Because uh, I actually just opened the podcast with uh, Black Number One. Oh, very solid. Very Which solid. Uh, I gotta ask you did you did you see that music video growing up? Uh, yeah, like, I, you know what, the first time I ever remember seeing Typo Negative, I think, was, remember, remember Beavis and Butthead used to show music videos? <laughs> yeah. And I caught a clip of a Typo Negative uh, video on Beavis and Butthead originally. So that was, like, my original ever seeing of, like, a video, which is it's kind of a funny way to put it. Yeah. Like, with the Beavis and Butthead thing, so, but yeah, then after that... Uh, once I heard about them, uh, you know, you search, you, uh, what, obviously they used to show a lot more music videos on, on music television, so, and especially, uh, with, like, Headbangers Ball and stuff like that, you used to be able to see that stuff on regular TV. I remember seeing that video as a young man. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing the, the Black Number One music video and, like, being creeped out by it, like, I couldn't even finish it because it just made me feel weird. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. They... Oh. they Peter Steele full on looked like a monster anyway. I was gonna say I think the whole just everything about Type of Negative scared me as a young kid. <laughs> you know like their look. You remember getting magazines, you know, like all the metal magazines and seeing pictures of uh, of them and I was like, you know, just like they they have a big uh, they have a scary look to them. And then their music is obviously like transcends that and it uh has very creepy vibes as well. Oh, yeah. Now, is there... Do you have a go... What's your go-to... Do you have... Now, I, I don't know if this is something that's popular. I know for me it is, and I'm pretty sure it is for you. Do you have, like, a, like a playlist? Do you have certain bands that you'll definitely rock a little more throughout the month of October? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, like you said, though, like, a lot of the bands that I would rock are bands we listen to on a normal basis, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you're listening to more Misfits and, like, Sam Hain and... Typo Negative, and I listen to a lot, you know, Alkaline Trio is a band that I love that, you know, they, especially their earlier stuff, uh, is pretty dark. Has so that, those, has that horror vibe in some of the shit. Exactly, and then, yeah, like, some of the other, like, some of the goofier stuff, like Captain Clegg, like, we, that we both like, you know, I'll definitely pull that out a lot more. Uh, if anybody doesn't know Captain Clegg, he did Rob Zombie's, uh, H2, Halloween 2, and Rob Zombie put that record out, so. Yeah, like I listen a lot more. Like I probably I listen to that a lot more in, in this time of year as well. So yeah. Now, do you uh, now uh, yeah, like uh, like you said though, it's stuff we normally listen to anyway. But you know, maybe we might play like uh, we might play Earth AD a little bit more than we would in July. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, I'll I'll jam like uh, a lot of Oingo Boingo just because. That's Halloween party music for sure. Exactly, Oingo Boingos. That's a that's another key one. Yep, there's somebody you're gonna jam probably a little bit more in October. Yeah. 
Now, uh, I guess, uh, you know what, since we're kind of already on the typo uh, conversation, uh, what's a... Right now, I know it's ever changing because we we share a deep love for uh, typo and we talk about them constantly uh, on you know in regular everyday life. Uh, so, what if you had to say right now though, what's your favorite typo record? What is it? It changes, like we said though, it can change. It changes week can change weekly or monthly depending on how you're feeling. But it really does. I mean. October rust, maybe, you know, like, it's just, it's so tough, like, like, it, it goes back and forth between that and Bloody Kisses, I think, I don't know if there's ever, you know what I mean, I don't know if, like, anything tops those two records to me. Well, Bloody Kisses was such a, when you really think about the time frame and that, that that one came out, you know, really, truly their first full official release, you know, you have, like, uh, I mean, Slow, Deep, and Hard, it, it it did like even though I think is that considered like their first like uh, full length because it almost reads as like an EP because it's I mean I guess it is like their their first record but it just it doesn't read as like prominent like as like a first like official release like I guess it is right technically yeah I mean t- I think technically it's considered their first release so I mean there's what like eight songs or something like on that record or something like that yeah but what a landmark bloody kisses was and for that record to come out when it did too like 93 like they were kind of one of those bands that existed like kind of amongst themselves with no rules like it was such there was such a weird band to even to sell as many records as they did granted i mean they weren't fucking it wasn't beatlemania but to be as successful as they were in that the early '90s when everything was like grunge and it was like you'd had like you radio rock bands and and Guns N' Roses was still like still popular and still going. It, it was they were kind of like a an oddity and a, like kind of like a rare occurrence in the music field in the music industry for them to be kind of as successful as they were. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's why I mean type of negative and i know same with you as as you know a top three top five band to me and i think uh, the way they blend so much stuff i mean like well and like you said it is like kind of anomaly for that time time frame 93 you know what i mean it's like nobody's putting out music like that no no they blend so much stuff, you know, metal, punk, and then just, like, this gothic, like... And they, they even blend, like, uh, you look at songs like, uh, you know, My Girlfriend's Girlfriend, and, like, obviously they covered, later on in their career, they covered, like, Summer Breeze and stuff like that, but, like, that almost like that 60s psychedelia, like, type shit, too. <laughs> exactly, like, like, and I always, like, I, I'm a, like, I'm a Pink Floyd fan, and I always, for some reason, I always put those, like, I feel like they're, like, similar, like, you know what I mean? I don't know, like... I just think, like you said, they, they the way they blend so much music and what he does with his voice on so many different songs, it's like, you get vibes from all kinds of music. And like you said, I mean, they covered Summer Breeze, like Seals and Croft. They covered Neil Young with Cinnamon Girl. It's just like, they covered Black Sabbath. It's just like, that you can't really pinpoint. And I, yeah, like, I th- like you can't really pinpoint a genre to them. And I think they're 100%. I mean, can you really think of another band that sounds like type of negative you know what i mean like you i don't think you can 
Before them, definitely not. I mean, even after them, there's plenty of bands that try to do that type of sound. Right. But, yeah. I mean, that that they're just like, they blended so much shit that even if someone tries to rip them off, like rip off like uh, like the October Rust sound, they're still not incorporating like everything that they did as far as like, you know, having almost like that, like, you know, like Josh Silver, like rocking that like organ like sound too in some of those to bring that 60s like Doors vibe in there. They were almost like a horror version of the Doors. Yeah, and that, exactly. And like I said, like I think that's why they, they stand alone and they, they're amazing. And I think, I still don't think they get, even though uh, their original t-shirts are going on eBay for like $300. Fucking ridiculous prices. The friggin', the uh, the uh, the hardcore kids who friggin', I don't even know how some of these kids got their hands on it. Maybe it's like older brothers or like fathers at this point, probably fathers at this point, that had these like right. original early to mid-90s typo shirts and, and their kids find them and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to fucking sell them online. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, they played Rain, you know, all these bands, like, wear the Typo shirts, like, and then they're like, oh, shit, that's, like, a thing. It's so weird to see, like, Typo merchandise, because Typo was a band. I remember, dude, I remember listening to Typo and, like, having people be like, that's, like, a fucking, that's, like, a new metal band, because they didn't know how to categorize them. So, like, kids, like, from the in the early 2000s or whatever, I remember someone saying, like, oh, they're, like, a new metal band, because they couldn't. They couldn't at, throw them in anywhere because they were pre, they were before new metal, and they were like, uh, right, like, like they were kind of around, like they're before new metal, but they're also around during that time frame. So yeah, people just kind of lumped them in, but definitely an unfair, uh, unfair thing to say. Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it's unfortunate that you know Peter Steele died, and obviously it's a band that like. When someone like him dies, there's no way that the band can continue on. There's no way that you can replace, like, not even, like, you can't even say, like, uh, like musically, obviously, there's plenty of people that could play, but to have the presence that he did, because it was all-encompassing, it wasn't just, like, his voice, it was, like, it was because he was, like, six fucking seven, and he was a fucking giant, and, like, looked like he was gonna just, like, he literally looked like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, I mean, he... He's one of those frontmen who cannot be replaced, without a doubt. Whether it be his 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 vocal sounds, his look, just like I'm sure what kind of a person he was. He obviously seemed like he was. They were fairly. He was a funny guy as well. You know, they, they didn't take themselves too seriously. Um, definitely someone that can never be replaced, and that's why they they never tried to. So. Well, thank God, too, because uh, I don't know. I mean, they knew. I think they knew. But, like, that whole band, obviously, you have, like, Kenny and Johnny have done, like, side projects and stuff. But then you have, right. like, uh, like obviously, uh, Johnny, which we met Johnny, obviously, at a, you know this, because we have an infamous picture I'm going to have to post uh, to, to the share this uh, podcast episode uh, of us meeting uh, Johnny Kelly at a Danzig show, because obviously Johnny Kelly drums for Danzig. Yep, and that was a yeah. uh, that was a hilarious encounter, and that that picture couldn't have come out more perfect. <laughs> no, that was uh, the whole meeting. I think of us just approaching him, like, "Yeah, can we get a picture?" And he's just like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, 
the way the picture came out and just like his face and Johnny yeah. Kelly rocking a fucking Canadian tuxedo too, if I believe, if I remember Canadian correctly. Canadian tuxedo, he had some like bright red puma, like suede puma shoes on. Not fucking around. He was the man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's another thing too. Is it's just cool that those guys went on to you know they're working with Danzig, who's another one of our our favorites as well. So I just think that that speaks. Uh, that speaks volumes to it too. Like uh, similar, but similar great bands, you know, working together. So. Oh yeah. So uh, okay, so I guess moving on a little bit. What are some? Uh, and I kind of talked about this uh, in a prior episode too. But what are some? What are some movies that they don't necessarily have to be Halloween related? But what are some movies that you like always rock because they bring back that nostalgic period? Uh, to being a kid around October, what are some movies that are like some mandatory must watches in uh, in October? Uh, let's see. So yeah, I mean, movies I definitely always try to watch in October. I mean, not necessarily saying I don't watch them any other time of the year, but uh, the Monster Squad being the first one. That one just you know, uh, with friends being together and monsters and stuff, just reminds me so much of Halloween in my youth and. Uh, you know, it being, like, one of my favorite movies. So that's definitely one that I, I try to watch every October. Obviously, I could just say the Halloween movies are, are you know, uh, the original Halloween is pretty common answer. But if I had to pinpoint one of them, I would say Halloween 3, uh, Season of the Witch, because that's just such a fun ha- uh, Halloween movie. Yeah, it really is. And uh, that movie's so great, too. I just think that I love, I mean, I know we both have met him, and he's, and he's a great uh, actor, Tom Atkins, and, uh, and I just think, I don't know, like I don't, like I don't know what people's perceptions of that movie are. Like I, I remember people like kind of hating it, but I feel like lately it's taken on a new embrace where people love it. So I yeah, think that's, I think that one was hated because it was, you know, it was uh, didn't feature Michael Myers, so people like weren't a big weren't big on it. But then you know, as time went on, I think people have started to appreciate it for what it is, uh, being you know, kind of uh, an outside the box film for that franchise. Yeah, without a doubt. And, like, I think at the time, maybe people were upset because it didn't have the whole, you know, theme from the first two and Michael Myers. But that movie, whether it's called Halloween or whatever it's called, it's just, is, is amazing. And it's a super fun, if not, in my opinion, if not one of the best, like, Halloween season movies. Oh, yeah. Well, because with that one, they were going to turn it into, like, Halloween wasn't going to, at that point, they wanted to... They wanted to make it, like, Halloween be, like, you know, its own, like, storied... They had a different story for every movie. Granted, the first two were all both incorporated the Michael Myers character. But with that one, they tried, you know, making it into, like, its own thing. So, like, Halloween 1 and 2 were the story of Michael Myers. Then Halloween 3 was obviously, like, the Silver Shamrock. And, like, it was going to be, like, the whole that whole angle... And they were going to continue on, but I think there obviously was some kind of backlash with the Michael Myers character not appearing in it because that's what everyone expected at the time. Yeah, that's. I imagine that's what happened. But I mean, I know, like you said, uh, Carpenter didn't intend for the Halloween franchise to do what it did, and like I know he wanted like the anthology type thing. So, now what's uh, your what's your opinion on Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to the Halloween franchise? Apparently, with the the new Halloween movie that's being made. Uh, I think it's cool she's coming back. I'm a little confused as to what the timelines uh, aren't going to match up. We're got, yeah, the timelines because I thought what they were going to do, like Danny McBride and his buddy, they were going to make it right a sequel to the second one. 
So now I, I don't really know. Well, but I mean, it's cool that she's she's back on the franchise. I mean, I, I like to see her back. So yeah, I'm a fan of resurrection, really. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully they can, you know, hopefully they do something great with it. Obviously, we love Danny McBride as an actor, and and I think he, uh, I think they're trying to pay like a, a homage to the original. So, and I know Carpenter's on board at least somehow. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how that goes. But what are some uh, what are some other mandatory must watches besides uh, those two films that you mentioned? Um, Trick or Treat, definitely. Uh, that one, I think that that's a super fun movie. I remember seeing that, and I was I was blown away by that. Actually, it actually became instantly one of my favorite horror movies. It's just well, I didn't even realize that that dude had wrote X Men Two, and he had wrote like Superman Returns. Was it like? Yeah, I don't even, I don't know much about, um, like, his background. Yeah, I, I just saw, he did a phenomenal job with that, that's for sure. He's directing the new Godzilla movie, too. Oh, really? Yeah, he's directing the new Godzilla movie that has uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things in it, apparently. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know this dude had those kind of writing credits, because I only really know, knew him from Trick or Treat, which is obviously a phenomenal film, um, and then uh, Krampus, of course. Yeah, Krampus, he did a, that was another one fun one, right in the same vein, I feel like. Yeah, was, uh, definitely right up that alley of, like, uh, horror, like, wh- horror, but, like, had, like, a child element to it, to a degree, but at the same time was, like, pretty, like, brutal and frightening to an extent. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, speaking of Trick or Treat, like, they did, they put out, like, a graphic novel as well, too, that's pretty cool that everyone should check Is that out. called, like, Day, Day Days of the Dead? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like kind of it's an it's another like anthology basically. I know that there was talks about them doing a trick or treat too. I don't know if this is like what they decided to do instead, but uh, it's really cool as well if you're into uh, the graphic novel type stuff. And uh, according to uh, yeah, I saw that a few I think like a year or so ago. I saw that that was out. I never picked it up. I wanted to, but I just didn't. But I also saw that. Apparently, according to IMDb, uh, I saw earlier that uh, Trick or Treat Two isn't announced. Like it's going to happen. Oh, it is going to happen. Apparently, uh, apparently, you can't believe everything you see on Wikipedia or IMDb by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. I mean, I think it would. I'd be all for it. To be honest with you, I think it's because they could do anything they wanted with it. Well, there's such a cult following for that movie now, and everyone loves and appreciates that movie so much that, you know, there's definitely a demand for that sequel. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. And like I said, they could do so many cool things with it where they could they could touch on some of the, you know, stuff from the original or they could just completely do, you know, like a bunch of new stories and it would still be fun, so. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But to wrap up uh, other Halloween type movies I like to watch, like I know we recently talked about them on the uh, Stephen King podcast, but I always find myself watching like the Pet Cemeteries and Silver Bullet around this time of year too as well. They just kind of you know put off that vibe, they have the same like uh, fall feel to them. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned those because I mentioned those as well on the previous episode that those were two, two that I always visited, and not even that Silver Bullet is even like a Halloween movie, but. For some reason, and I'm sure you can attest, it was always uh, it was always aired on television and stuff like that around October for whatever reason. Yeah, I always yeah I always remember seeing that on TV. Uh, one of his movies, 
that surprisingly was on TV a lot, and yeah, always around this time of year. So now, and that's something that's cool about Trick or Treat. Going back to that a little bit is uh, the the werewolf segment in Trick or Treat. Yeah, especially because the werewolf genre is so like kind of like absent. Like, I mean, more or less. I mean, besides that shitty fucking MTV show, the Teen Wolf ripoff. Um, the horror genre, or the werewolf genre of horror is so, like, obscure now. Like, it isn't even, like, a thing anymore. So the fact that Trick or Treat, like, involved, like, uh, a werewolf story in there. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, the werewolf, uh, like, portion of, like, of the horror genre? Like, what, uh, are, because obviously we've talked, like, you talk like Rick Baker, who did the effects for both, uh, the Howling and American Werewolf in London, probably two of the best werewolf movies that there are. Um, there's just no. I feel like there's such a gap. There's there's plenty of vampire movies. There's plenty of zombie movies. There's plenty of demon movies. There is a serious lack. There's fucking more killer doll movies in the last twenty years <laughs> than there is werewolf movies. Why do you think there's such a lack of werewolf yeah. films? I don't know. I think like it could be. Like, I think part of it could be, like, the, the the whole CGI, the practical effects thing, I think. Sometimes if you do pure CGI, it could come off as a little cheesy. I don't know if that turns people off. I mean, I know, like, with, um, with Curse there um, from Craven, I know that people, he got a lot of uh, negativity because of how, you know, the werewolf looked or whatever, CGI-wise, I mean. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it does, or I don't know if it just doesn't interest people enough. The the whole werewolf thing. I think it's a. I think it's an awesome. Uh, the were you know the werewolf is an awesome villain. I think there's been some of the, some of the greatest horror movies that are out are werewolf movies. Like you mentioned, two of them, you know. And I think like most recently, like the late phases movie was really good. Oh, with, you know what? That was that was a great fucking film, actually. But but you're right though. There's not a. There's really not a lot. Hey, Jen. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah. That's Eric's uh, immortal beloved, uh, Miss Jen. <laughs> Just came in. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I said, I don't know if it's like a, a thing where people don't want to tackle the actual, like, uh, what the werewolf's going to look like. But you're right. There really is kind of a lack of it. And you don't really... You don't you don't see too much of it coming out, but there are like thousands of, of uh, everything else, vampires and, and zombies, and I don't know if it's just because it's easier or. I think it, I think that may play into it also because obviously Cursed was like shot and then reshot and it was just like a a, a, cl- a clusterfuck for sure, and then you have like the Wolfman remake that. Uh, Oh, you know what? I told you. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, that one fucking bombed. That was goddamn Hiroshima all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one had like it had like good actors in it. You know, I mean, I just I saw that in theaters, but yeah, I mean that's another one that just I feel like nobody cared about at all. Yeah, I feel like it might be werewolves. The werewolf uh, realm might be an acquired taste, and maybe that's why it's just so you know, non-existent almost, but that late phases movie that came out a few years ago was amazing. It was so, that was really a cool take. And, and I'm, I, I'm pissed that I didn't remember that because, uh, that is one of the few in the last like 20 years. that has been just really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that movie, I think that kind of, uh, when I first heard about that movie, um, you know, with Noonan in it and uh, Ethan Embry, I was definitely excited. And uh, like you said, you don't know what to expect when you're getting a, a werewolf movie, especially nowadays, but they definitely did a great job with that. So. Yeah. So what were, I got to ask you, what were some of your... Uh, costumes when you were younger for halloween like what were some of your m- more memorable ones oh let's see more memorable <laughs> halloween costumes as a young man i think did you ever dress up as bt i've never dressed up as my brother i'm sure he's dressed up as me before <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think like i can remember like goofy ones you know i remember being uh, a ninja turtle like two years obviously i was obsessed with the ninja turtles uh, I remember being Dracula when I was younger. That was a fun one for me. Um, I don't know. It's it's actually re- not even mentioned. It. It's like super tough to think about my Halloween costumes as uh, when I was really young. But how about you? Well, I would. Uh, I I didn't. Ind- I think my most reoccurring ones, definitely from the the youngest of ages, was uh, Ninja Turtle. Yeah. I rocked uh, Leonardo a few times, and J- <laughs> Jason was such an easy one that I always had like a couple of those uh, those cheap fucking uh, Maroons or Faze fucking special uh, Jason masks. Oh yeah, those are always. Uh... You just throw throw on a flannel and put your Jason mask on, and you're Jason. Exactly. And then uh, I had uh, I talked uh, previously too about uh, having a. Uh, a desire to be a Power Ranger, but not being able to afford the legit costume. <laughs> because that those... was the problem with the Power Rangers, too. You couldn't just fake the Power Ranger costume. No, you can't, like, half-ass the Power Ranger costume and get, like, the... You look so stupid getting, like, the half-mask, like, one with the little string that put on your head. Because you had these these kids walking around that had the full-face helmet, those, like, $150 costumes. It's like, I wasn't going to get show, showed up by, like... Uh, some girl doing the pink ranger and i'm i got the half a, I, I got the half-ass red ranger rocking friggin for whatever 6.99 from ames i wasn't doing that i was going i so i had to go brutal i had to go get like just throw blood all over myself and put a jason mask on i love it that's uh it's so true though you couldn't that was one of those costumes you just couldn't fake you had to you had to buy it same with like freddie too like you couldn't just like like, you couldn't be, fr- like, you get the glove, okay, but, like, how are you, if you're nine years old, you ain't doing foam latex Rick Baker style in your bedroom. and <laughs> Right, exactly. They didn't have, they didn't have, like, an easy-bake oven for, uh, for foam latex machines to make that shit. I can always remember, also, when I'm a little bit older, I, like, have these grand plans of, of uh, of, you know, what my costume was gonna look like, and then once it was done, it just wouldn't look like that at all, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, no. I'm gonna paint my face like this, and it's gonna be amazing, and I just look like a train wreck. I would. What'd you go as last year? I can't even remember. Uh, oh, me. We did. The, we did like a play on the purge. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And then uh, before that, it was. Um, oh, we did like the purge election year. Yeah, so. And you did the plague doctor. You and Jen did the plague doctors. Plague doctors before that. Yeah. Those are fun. Nothing beat. Uh, yeah, Axel and Slash did uh, did come out pretty decent last year, actually. I think uh, Bridget nailed. I mean, Slash. She could. She's a little mini Slash. So. 
I was, uh, I was definitely, even though I was dressed up as Axel from the Illusion Tour, I looked more like Axel from 2007 when he friggin' gained, <laughs> when he, when he gained all that donut weight. Jesus. I think we should, uh, give props to Dan on his Harry Warden costume. He did go all out with that Harry Warden My Bloody Valentine costume. I'll that give was, him that. Uh, that was a, that was a good one. He's, I mean, Dan's not far off from Harry Warden. Yeah, yeah, they're very, actually, they're very close. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something he wore on a regular basis. He just fucking wielded a pickaxe and started cutting teenagers' hearts out. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Halloween and, and this time of the year is just something, it's, uh, there's just something about this time of year that really just, is almost magical, so... It really is. Now, do you... Uh, I, I, and there's a Friday the 13th, Jen, remind me. Oh, yeah, shit, there is. We're going to have to do a Friday the 13th episode next Friday. No, without a doubt. Uh, so, I'm trying to think what else I really watched. Those are like, I, I you know, we've we talked like... Uh, obviously, the Halloween movies, you'll, we'll sneak a couple of those in there. The Pet Cemetery Pet gets, gets watched. Uh, we talked Silver Bullet. Trying, and obviously trick or treat. Um, now, are there any? Do you watch any of the like cartoon stuff? Like, did you ever get into like the Charlie Brown, the Great Pumpkin shit and stuff? Yeah, I do. I do like all the Charlie Brown stuff. Uh, even though it's not even a uh, Halloween movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, some movie I always like, and if it's you know, I'll watch it around this time of year as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. Now, what are some, if you had to recommend, not not that, I mean, sure, anybody listening to this already, like, it's probably a uh, diehard fan of Halloween and the month of October and everything, but, like, what are some more, what are some stores that, like, you and, uh, you and the old immortal beloved Jennifer visit and frequent and patron uh, the most during October to grab little uh, pieces of decoration and candy and things like that? Um, Michael's is a good one. If uh, Michaels has a lot of stuff, they always have sick deals too. Yeah, Target apparently is killing it this year. Yeah, uh, dude, Target is like slaying it. They have this like fake box TV that has like uh, a fabric, uh, scr- like a fat the screen of its fabric. So yeah. and and when you press the button, it like a electrical like white noise like shines in it, and then like a skull pushes through the th- oh, wow, through the awesome. fabric screen. It's red. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, so I'll have to check that out. But uh, Walmart's some bullshit, though. Walmart's friggin' dragging their ass in the friggin' leaves <laughs> this year through October. Yeah, we actually, we, I haven't been to Walmart in so long. There's really not one close to me. Well, they're kind of close, but... It's probably a good uh, thing. Walmart fucking sucks. And then other than that, I go to Dollar Tree to get, like, just, like... Dollar Tree actually has, like, a lot of cool little things, like... Yeah, I said that. I said that, too. The Dollar Tree, like, kills it, especially for shit only being a buck. They, they really do kill Halloween. Yeah. And then uh, Spirit of Halloween is always fun because they have a lot of stuff. But uh, their stuff obviously is like top dollar. Like their, um, like their any of their Halloween decorations, like the big stuff, which I understand. But yeah, that stuff's all top dollar. But they have really cool stuff in there as well. Okay. Home Goods is another one apparently. Now I know you're a, I know you're a candy fan as well. What are your some of your favorite candy to fucking tackle once? Uh... What really gets your uh, blood sugar up in the right way around October? Uh, well, when it comes to like actual like candies that are synonymous with this time of year, like I do love candy corn. 
Candy corn's like one of those things where it's like, I don't even know. Like, is it, I don't even know if it's really even that good. Candy corn's fucking awful. I have fucking some. We have we have some at the compound right now. It can't, it's the fucking. It's like you're eating fucking wax. You're eating. Yeah, but you just keep. You get it every year. You get it every year, and you're always eating it. So that's one. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big Three Musketeers fan. Three Musketeers puts out these like mini, mini ones with like red filling in them. Uh, oh the yeah, yeah. So th- that's uh, one of my go-to's. Uh, I'm actually snacking right now on some uh, M&M's, some, like, uh, fall-colored M&M's right now, too. So the M&M's is another big one. Yeah, friggin', you know, old uh, Dan Kloss and old Harry Warden's drinking some Goulade right now, plotting his next attack. <laughs> he lives... Yeah. Oh yeah, Dan has uh, for any of the listeners out there need to understand that Dan Clawson, who will be on this podcast at some point, um, he he will he has once upon a time had to track down Goulet and searched high and low through several different stores to get the scary berry, the scary blackberry Goulet, which is Kool Aid's version of you know a Halloween drink, which is literally nothing different from what they actually have. They just threw a freaking purple label with a jack o' lantern on it. <laughs> And it's got fucking old Harry Warden running all the way up and down the fucking East Coast to find it. I'm pretty sure I heard a story that Dan turned on a date to go find uh, go find some Goulet once. So. That's that's such commitment, and I can't help but commend that yeah. that kind of action. You gotta respect it, man. He loves, he loves the Goulet. He's all in. I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big uh, supporter uh, and fanatic of the Reese's Pumpkin. Reese's up and puts out the pumpkins. Those are great. I think we might have one floating around here, too, as well. It's about to be fucking history once you sniff that fucker out. <laughs> I like the companies that uh, like Reese's that, that care about the holiday, you know, and they put out special things for it. So. Oh, yeah, and you get the Christmas trees in in December, and then you get the eggs in uh, March and April. And not, not really a candy, but uh, I'm going to sh- give a shout-out to Oreos. I love Oreos. Oh, yeah. You got to fucking... You got to respect the orange-filled Oreos. They put out the orange filling, and I, I respect it. So. But what are... Uh, when it comes to Halloween, like, do you have any... Like, anything... Any cool things you remember when you were a kid, like... When you were trick-or-treating or anything like that? Well, I, uh... I had told the story in the previous episode that the last time I went trick or treating, I realized that it was going to be my probably my last year trick or treating because once once you turn like thirteen, fourteen, you start getting a little embarrassed that you're running around trying to get free candy. And people uh, people shut you down. The the older women shut you right down too. I noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. She. Uh, I remember actually. I this didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend. That he asked, uh, he went trick or treating, and he kind of had like a half-assed Halloween costume on, and she's just like, I w- "I'm not going to give you candy. You're a glutton. Only gluttons <laughs> trick or treat at your age." <laughs> I I believe it. I mean, you know, just like uh, she fucking know. cursed him with gluttony, like in seven. <laughs> well, at least she shouldn't hit him with a thinner curse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah motherfucker uh, wasn't dying clean for sure. But I remember. Obviously, we grew up in the same town, small town, so I remember when I was younger, like, Halloween being so cool, I felt like everyone, maybe it was just my perception as a kid, where the world was just, like, a bigger place, but I felt like everybody went all out for Halloween, I feel like. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lost art, 
uh, more and more, I feel like. But there are some people. It's always nice to drive by those houses. And same with, like, Christmas time, too, where you drive by it and you can see that they put so much effort and work into it. For the shit just to be up, like, a couple weeks or a month, like, yeah, to just it deck it the fun. fuck out. And I think, like, I'd love to keep that uh, keep that going. That's why we decorate and uh, probably continue to decorate forever, so. Hell yeah. Uh, but I can remember, you know, I remember, like, in Canastota there, I remember there was this one guy who had a coffin on his front uh, porch, and he dressed like Dracula, and he would be in his coffin, the coffin was standing up, and you come to the door, and he would uh, pop that thing open. It's just like... Who was that, Bob Cumber? <laughs> I don't know who it was. It was stuff like that is, like, awesome, you know what I mean? When, when people go the extra mile. Oh, yeah. Like... More people should do that for Halloween. I, I wish they would because it just it's it's such a feel good holiday for as uh, you know obviously some people don't appreciate it uh, for various reasons but one of the uh, one of the cool memories I still have and it's so much fun and obviously I don't have kids and I don't have a desire to have kids I only have a fat half dead hamster um, so <laughs> but one of the things I always appreciated about being younger was. Uh, obviously like raking up leaves and jumping in leaves and stuff but also making like the leave like dummies where you fill up like your your father's like jeans and like a flannel t-shirt yeah, with leaves like and, and you put a mask on it and you make like a little like fucking like a halloween dummy like character and set it in the chairs outside that was always like that's always that's something you don't see anymore like as as often uh maybe it's out of just pure laziness no one's leaving their house but uh that was always uh Something that was a good memory to have around uh, this time of year. Build up to Halloween, I remember, you know, like I remember my aunt and uncle used to have like a Halloween party and like just stuff like that was fun. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. yeah. And that's part of Halloween still. It's even part of horror movies still, in my opinion. Is is uh, making yourself feel it's it's fun to be scared and makes you. It helps me hang on to my youth. That's the, that's kind of one of the ways I, I look at it. You know what I mean? Well, that, I have talked about it before as well. Like, uh, you know, that's why these horror conventions are so successful and they have so many people patronizing them is because horror, it, more than any other genre, and, you know, same with, like, sci-fi and things like that, too, is it's all about n- the nostalgia factor. How yeah, 100%. It, how it makes people feel and it brings them back to those times, like... Uh, you know, obviously you're not watching, uh, I mean, as much as I love Forrest Gump and I'm sure people have like, mem- like great memories of watching Forrest Gump, but people aren't like, people aren't like r- remembering, like, I-, I, I don't know, maybe Forrest Gump's a bad, uh, film to use because Forrest <laughs> Gump is fucking amazing. Right. Um, but, oh, you're trying to say, like- you know, you're not watching, uh. You're not watching Schindler's List and being like, "Oh, I remember, I remember watching this as a child, and it was such a <laughs> such a great memory." Right? Yeah, it's just something you don't see uh, from a lot of other genres at all. Yeah, no. Other than like the sci-fi thing, and now like with like the comic con type stuff, where you're like uh, like the Marvel movies and the DC movies, but yeah, you don't see that with everything else. So yeah. It's nostalgia, and it's, uh, yeah, makes me, uh, I love to be scared, and it's something uh, that obviously a lot of people like, because conventions, and and then now you see all the Halloween horror nights and all the stuff like that, you know what I mean, that are doing so well. Oh, yeah. Now, I gotta ask, what what are the, uh, what's on 
for this year, what is uh, what are the ideas for the Halloween costume this year? You know what? I don't know. We, uh, just like every other year, we throw around about 100 different <laughs> costumes that we always tell ourselves. I've been wanting to do like a really in-depth like Frankenstein's monster and Bride of Frankenstein. I think that would be really fun. Oh, but yeah. I, so that's something that's been t- toted around a little bit. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that we thought of? There was something really... <sighs> Maybe Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. I tried convincing I tried convincing uh, Bridget to do... Uh, Macho Man Elizabeth, she's like, I don't know who she was. No, oh, that would be a great one, though. Yeah. She would just have to get glamoured up, that's all. Yeah. And then you come out as Mach. That's a good one. I like that. But uh, I think uh, I think we're going a little traditional this year. I think we're doing, uh, I think we're doing uh, vampires, which I haven't, <laughs> I've never properly done, so. Well, that'd be fun. Oh, for Kay. sure. I'm gonna go uh, get like the fangs and everything. Oh yeah, very solid. I like it. I back it. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. But what are you uh, what are you doing? What are you? What's your next uh, Halloween event? Are you going to any haunted houses anytime soon? Are you uh, or are you just uh, prepping yeah, for? We might try to go to. Uh, there's like a. Like a haunted house, haunted hayride thing right in our area, so I think we might be hitting that coming up here. Um, that'll be our first time going to anything like that down here, so it'll be exciting. That's almost a, a lost art in and of itself. Is like the uh, the haunted house stuff is becoming less and less. I mean, you have the like kind of like the Halloween Horror Nights, and you have like uh, yeah. like the regional stuff that kind of keep it alive. That, but I think that's exactly why too, because I think these bigger like amusement parks are doing their thing and i think that kind of is hurting a little man on that stuff yeah so but yeah you are right you don't see that too much uh as much as you used to but uh you know i'm glad some places try to keep it going so well i think uh i think there's enough people that love this time of year and the holiday so much that they're definitely going to keep it going uh come hell or high water there's always someone out there that's keeping the spirit alive I mean, people like us just doing this podcast, you know. Hell yes. Uh, watching the movies and going to the stu- going to the conventions and uh, supporting Halloween for what it is. We'll just keep it going. Hell yeah, man! Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking uh, all things Halloween and in October. It was uh, it was cool to kind of get you on again obviously you you are the one of the uh, more reoccurring faces you and mr john engel are the re- more reoccurring voices i should say uh that make this uh make this podcast as decorated as it is or isn't no it is but no i have a blast man i love doing them. i'm gonna do as many as many as i can that's for sure um we definitely should touch again on we should do a typo negative one Oh yeah, we'd be able to dig into carnivore and everything, everything that kind of entails, uh, that kind of goes with, uh, you know, the typo lore and Peter Steele and everything. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, and if we could help someone discover them, that would be, uh, that'd be a job well done on our part. So. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being on. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Right, Later. That was, uh, 
Mr. Eric Tyler, uh, once again, uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, tuning in again, everyone. Thanks to all the listeners. Shout out to uh, whoever's listening in Portugal. I see we get some uh, plays out in Portugal. We also get some plays out in some listens, some downloads out in the UK, the United Kingdom. So whoever's listening out in Portugal and the UK, spread the word. Uh, And thanks for the support. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening uh, on SoundCloud or iTunes. You can find us at HeartGuide Media, at HeartGuide Media on Twitter, at HeartGuide Media on instagram and uh yeah tweet follow us everything you can do anything you can do to kind of push the word out on this podcast is beyond appreciated i i appreciate it immensely so and everyone in the regional areas all over the country that have been listening uh we do have uh plays have been increasing so people are checking out you know the Toby Hooper episode, the George Romero episode, the Stephen King episodes. Uh, we got plenty of guests on and so much. We're talking about so much. So thanks again, everyone. And please spread the word, support uh, the Hard Guy Media Podcast because I appreciate it. I'm having so much fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, at Hard Guy Media, everywhere. This is Jesse HS. Thanks for joining. Dance a